0: So today, I want to invite you to turn with me in your Bibles. If you have a copy of God's Word, 1 Timothy chapter 2 is our text, and I would invite you to read along with us. We'll also have it printed on the screens there. This message is to prepare us for this most sacred time as we as a congregation come and acknowledge the kingship, the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's what we are. We are a church and there's one person who is on display and it's not me it's Jesus Christ and we're worshiping him and praising him and thanking him uh, for his death his sacrificial substitutionary death on the cross and his resurrection and so we not only preach this but we also want to observe this in the sacred time of partaking of the elements and so the Bible says there's one God wow what a powerful statement There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all to be testified in due time. God put this scripture on my heart a couple of weeks ago as I was uh, thinking about the Lord's Supper and thinking about us coming together, being thankful, being grateful to God for all that he has done in our lives and in our church. And so today, this this message is going to really help us focus in on Jesus and His death, His resurrection, and it's a preparatory sermon, and really I want to help prepare your heart to kind of cultivate the soil of your heart, so that when you are partaking of the elements in a few minutes, that that your heart is ready, and you're ready to receive the blessing of God, and just be in that good fellowship with Him. Let me share a couple more scriptures with you as we we get going because Jesus, He's the one that commanded us to do this. And we have it here in the Gospel of Luke. It says, He took bread, He gave thanks, and He broke it. Now, remember, this is Christ on the night of His betrayal and the night of His crucifixion. And He's he's about to be arrested and then be crucified the next day. He takes the bread with His disciples. He, He thanks the Father. He breaks it, and He gives it to them. And He says, This is my body, which is broken for you do this do this in remembrance of me and likewise he not only took the bread but he also took the wine the juice and he after cupper and he says after supper he said this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you so you know this morning i hope that as we come to the table that as we focus on christology the study of the person and the work of jesus christ and and there's going to be a lot of theology in this sermon today, because we're going to talk about the mediation of Christ, what it means when He is our mediator, and what it means is He is our ransom. And, and I want you to get that cognitively, and I want, you, I want you to get that in your mind intellectually, and I want us to worship God with our minds, with our with our intellect and truth. But I also, also want it to touch you in your heart. I want you to I want you, when you come to the table in a few moments, I want you to meet God in a very special, dynamic way so that sins are forgiven, there's hope renewed, that marriages are, are restored, that lives are, are encouraged. I was driving to church, driving to work Tuesday morning, November the 8th, big election day, and I was praying like many of you guys were praying, still praying for, for our country. And I, I was listening to Christian radio, and I heard this story, this This man, he called in. He was just being very transparent, and he said, You know, my life was a mess. He said, I have struggled with with mental illness for for many, many years. He said, I had no job. I had no money. I was estranged from my family. And he said, I was listening to Christian radio, and I I heard a song on the radio by 10th Avenue North. It's a Christian band, and the name of the song was Worn, W-O-R-N. And the lyrics he heard went like this. Let me see redemption win. Let me see redemption win. Let me know the struggle will end, that you can mend a heart that's frail and torn. I want to know a song can rise from the ashes of a broken life, and all that's dead inside can be reborn because I am worn. He said, I heard those words. It was like the Spirit of God just took those words and applied them to my heart, and God began to do a work of healing and restoration in in my life. Guys, there's an echo in here. I don't know if anybody else can hear it, but I can hear it. If y'all can help me turn the reverb or the echo down, I I appreciate it. Um, Thank you. He said, through that song, and through God speaking to me through that song, he said, here's what happened. God began to speak to me and restore me He said, in just a few months' time, I went from having no money to a job that I was making more money than I ever made in my life. I was no longer estranged from my parents. And God has given me a girlfriend for the last eight months. I'm just so blessed. And this guy's calling in for all the world to hear his testimony. And then he made this statement. And when I heard this statement, I tears just welled up in my eyes. You, You ever hear a statement or read a scripture and you go, God, that was meant specifically for me. And this is what he said. (laughs) When you hit rock bottom, Jesus is the rock at the bottom. Is that not strong? When you hit rock bottom, Jesus is the rock at the bottom. And I thought about, Lord, that's you. Only you could be that source of strength and that rock and that shelter for us when we come. And and again, we're coming today, Lord, we're coming with full hearts, grateful hearts, and our minds are worshiping you, but we're also coming because some are worn, and some are needing a rebirth, some are needing a special touch from God. And I'm just so glad you're here today because God is here, and God wants to speak to us every time we do this, every time we come to the Lord's table. It's always a majestic special time because what we're doing is we're just purely honoring the Son. We're honoring His death and His, his sacrificial blood poured out for us on the tree. And then we celebrate His resurrection, and we say to all who will listen, Our God reigns he is one true awesome God He seeks to redeem the entire world to himself and all we got to do is believe All we got to do is trust in him and he takes that which is dead and he breathes new life into it So today I want us to look at two key words in our text And then we're going to go right into observing the Lord's Supper in verse 5, it says, Paul says that there is one God. Did y'all see that? Did y'all hear the monotheism in there? There is one God. And by the way, if you think that's controversial today, <laughs> you, you can imagine how controversial that was when Paul first penned these words. I know the Jews were monotheistic, true, but everybody else was not. Everybody else was polytheist. Uh, There were so many gods and goddesses among the Greek and Roman and pagan religions. In fact, one writer said in Athens, there was a god for every man. I mean, there was just a pantheon, a plethora of gods and goddesses. And Paul comes along and he says, nope, you're wrong. There is one god. There's one Creator, Lord of heaven and earth, and He is the eternal God. He's always existed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you think that is controversial and bold today? It was even more so in in Paul's day. You know, when we go to South Asia, I've been seven times now, five of those times, for our uh, unengaged, unreached people group. And, And when we go over there, we are among 330 million gods and goddesses. And I'm telling you, it's intense. When you go up, you, you just see the evidences of their gods and they worship all sorts of things and animals and, and people and objects. And it just breaks your heart because they're, they're, they believe in all these many, many, many gods. And, and whenever we go and do evangelism and we share the gospel, we always begin with these words. The one true living God who created heaven and earth. I get excited when I think, we'll say the one true living God who created heaven and earth loved us so much that he gave his only son who died on the cross and arose from the dead. And if you believe in him, you'll be eternally saved from your sins. And so we're with Paul today. We're saying there is one God, not many, not a polytheism, but a Monotheism, a one true God in verse 5, and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So, the first word, I just want you to focus in with me, and I want to accentuate this word. We look at this word, the mediator, okay? And then, secondly, we're going to look at the word ransom. He says, We have a mediator. What is a mediator? It's a go between, it's someone who goes between to reconcile warring parties or warring factions. You see, God in His holiness and in His righteousness, He is so far above us and transcended. He is the almighty Creator God and he's, and he's beautiful in glory and majestic in holiness and here we are and we're everything but that amen I mean we are sinful and we know we're sinful. we, we know that we have done things, said things, thought things and no, nobody has to preach that to us. nobody has to holler that at us because we know deep within the recesses of our soul that everything is not well. our world is, is sinful our our individual souls are, are tainted and, and, and stained with sin, and so we, we're here, and God is way up there. How in the world are we going to reach up to him and be forgiven and be restored? And the good news of the gospel is you can't. You can't do it on your own. you got to have somebody to help you, and the person who helps you has to be fully God and fully man. He's got to represent both parties extremely well, and there's only one person, by the way, who fits the category of being fully deity and fully humanity, and I'll submit to you His name. Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus Christ, the God-man. He is the mediator. He comes from heaven above, and He comes to earth. He is the Son of God, and He is the Son of Man. He is the great arbitrator, the mediator, who brings a holy God a sinful man, and he restores us and brings us into fellowship, into relationship. There's a, a big theological word for that. It's called propitiation. And you'll see this in Romans three twenty five. The wrath of God is appeased through the sacrificial death of his son. Jesus died. He shed his blood so that a price could be paid, and, and he could mediate us. He could take us sinful man, and he could take the hand of God, if you will. I know that's an anthropomorphism. I know that God is the Father, the, He's the Spirit. He doesn't have hands like we do, but but for sake of illustration, Jesus Christ takes the hand of God and the hand of man, and He brings them together in unity. So there can be fellowship, and that which has been torn can be Reborn that which is worn out can have new life that which is tainted and sinful and knowing we deserve hell and knowing We're separated from Almighty God. Jesus comes and says I can fix that. I can give you joy I can give you peace. I can give you Reconciliation and restoration to the God who created you and Paul is saying here in Timothy He's saying there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men and here's his name the man Christ Jesus as son of God, he's propitiation. As son of man, he's reconciler. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians five eighteen. He reconciles us to God. Hebrews seven twenty five says he ever lives to make intercession for us. Some of y'all are looking at me like, man, you really believe this? You really believe there's just one God and all these other gods and goddesses and all these other ways that they're false and, and this is the one true religion? This is the one true God? That's not what I said at all. That's what he said. That's what the book says. He is the one true God, and we are sinful, and he he is our mediator. He redeems us. He connects us to God. The second word, don't you notice, is the word ransom. Oh, I like this word. This is another just thick, rich, Christological word message about Jesus being our our ransom. In verse 6, it says, He gave Himself as a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Mark 10, 45 says this, For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but He came to serve, and to give His life a lutron is the Greek word, a lutron, a ransom for many. When you see that word, think of the Think of these words, freedom from captivity, substitution. This is an interesting word. As one writer puts it, the concept of paying a ransom was a commercial idea. The concept was used outside the New Testament to describe the setting free of captives. Listen to this. Taking in war and liberated. And liberated as not only captives from war, but also as slaves from their owners. The sum of money paid for setting these captives free was known as a ransom. So when you look at the word ransom, you think of a price, a debt that is owed. And if you have been taken captive by a foreign enemy, and somebody comes in and releases you from your captivity, then that means they paid your ransom. Or if you're a slave in those days... And Somebody comes along and purchases your freedom with a sum of money with silver and gold They take that money and they give it to your master if you will and then the master says well you're free because somebody has paid a price and Paul is saying in in the realm above every realm in the spiritual realm we owed a tremendous debt to God the God that created us and the God that loved us, the God that's given us all that we have. We've turned our backs on him. We've sinned against him. We've spit in his face. We've told him, just get away from me. I don't have anything to do with you. And we've been separated from God and we're in need. I mean, we're in great need that somebody would restore us to God. And Jesus comes and he says, I am the mediator and I pay the price. You say, well, what's the price? It's the price of his life. He has to die. He has to die so that you and I can live. And when Jesus died on the cross, He paid the ransom. He paid the price so that you could be redeemed and you could be forgiven and in fellowship with God. And Paul says in verse 6, he says, Jesus gave Himself as a ransom for us all, now watch this, to be testified in due time. The word testified is the Greek word martyrion. It's where we get our English word martyr. It means to bear witness even to the point of death. Another writer says this is a clear testimony offered at just the right time for God to redeem us and to save us all. When I was studying this, I kept thinking about Galatians 4, 4 and 5. I love this text. Because just at the right, propitious, perfect, opportune time... God Almighty, God the Father turns to the eternal Son of God and says, it is time. It is time now for you to go and redeem, to lay down your life and and restore all that which is broken and fractured and, and all that which is difficult and worn out and broken and bruised and destroyed. It is time. It is now time. Go, my son, and Jesus gladly comes. And he lives a perfect life. Oh, I love the gospel. I don't know what jacks you up or gets you excited, but I'm telling you what, I love the gospel. I love the fact that he came and his body was broken on a tree, his blood poured out, and he says, It is finished. I've paid the price, and all who believe can come and be forgiven. Woo man, what a gospel. So it's time we have to testify. And so Paul's saying, in the fullness of time, there it is, Galatians 5. In the fullness of time, when time was ripe, in the sovereign mind of God, God sent his son, (laughs) born of the Virgin Mary, if you will, born under the law to redeem. He came to die. He came to redeem those who were under the law. Hey, we're under the law. The law shows no exception. There is a cosmic law of God, and guess what? You broke it. (laughs) And so did I. Multiple times, by the way, for me. I don't know about you. We break God's laws, and instead of God just saying, you sinful reprobate, shazam, poof, go on to hell. No, God says, I love you. I created you. I have hope for you, and I have a purpose for you. And so he sends his son that we might be adopted as his children. And that's why Jesus came. He came to pay the ransom price so that we could be forgiven and have a joy-filled life. And when we die, we spend eternity with him in heaven. And and this has to be testified, not only initially when he came, but there is to me in this sense of martyrion there is a sense of perpetual testimony with every succeeding generation every subsequent generation there is a testimony that has to be born I love the way this one writer this guy taught my New Testament class in seminary as I was studying this and reading these commentaries I came across Dr. Tommy Lee and he actually taught me about 500 years ago when I was a student in seminary what Paul is saying is that by dying for all mankind in accordance with the divine plan Christ has borne overwhelmingly convincing witness to God's desire to save all men. Listen to this. The phrase, in its proper time, suggests that in the development of the divine plan of salvation, the time for demonstrating God's mercy to all humankind has now come. The work of Jesus inaugurated the gospel era, unstated... But implied is the fact that believers are to proclaim the words of this testimony to all the world. End of quote. Such a rich christological text for us, and it's the one that God just—I mean, just couldn't wait to get up here today and to and to preach the gospel and to share with. And some of you looking at me like, well, "Was it really?" I mean. Is this it? I mean, is this is this where the life is found? Is this is this my only hope to be connected to God? And is this is this the way that I can I can get not only through this life but get get on with my life and have a joy filled life? This is it. I mean, God is intended for you to be broke, broken out of your bondage, to be released from your bondage. And the only way that's going to happen is that somebody far greater and more potent, more powerful and sinless than you has to come and die in your place. And he did. And and that's why we're here. And that's why we celebrate. I was thinking about this old hymn, oh, if I had a thousand tongues, I would sing my great Redeemer's praise. My favorite line in this old hymn that Charles Wesley wrote, he breaks the power of. Of canceled sin, he, he sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood avails for me. <laughs> Charles Wesley wrote these words in 1739. In 1738, in May 21 of that year, He said, "I was so in bondage to alcohol. He said I, I couldn't break its grip on me. It wasn't no, no social drinking here and there thing. No, it was a, it was a grip like it has on some of you here today." And Charles Wesley said, "I couldn't, I couldn't get out of it." He said, "Not only that." He said, but I had a temper, a stinking, angry spirit, and you couple that angry spirit with alcohol, as some unholy combustion, all right? And he said, I just couldn't get out of it. Anybody else feel like that today? See, I, I can't get out. I'm, it's like somebody's got me wrapped up in chains, and I can't get free. You can't. You will never be free until the son of god sets you free and charles wesley said may of 1739 is about a year later my brother john (laughs) my brother john y'all know john wesley the founder of the methodist denomination john wesley all of five foot two bless his soul amen god uses short people amen five foot two I got him beat by four inches, amen. He came to my home with, a, with some of his friends, and they are students at Oxford by this time, by the way. They're brilliant young men. And John Wesley came to my home, my own brother, and he, at 9 a.m., he said, at nine o'clock in the morning, this guy came and started singing songs to God. And here I am in shackles to alcohol and to anger, And by the way, you ever notice people are in sin. They don't like to be around happy Christian people. (laughs) They're like, ugh, you repulse me. But interesting enough, not only did they just sing, but they they sang songs of praise to the Holy Spirit. And he said, and the Holy Spirit of God came down and convicted my life. And I said, Jesus, I need you. I need to be forgiven and I want victory over these temptations. I want victory. Hey guys, put pornography in there. Put gambling in there. Put any, any of your sins that you so cherish, you say, I just can't get out of them. You can't get out of them, but God can get you out. He can set you free, okay? He can. Now watch this. He's in, he's in bondage. He's in sin. He said, and Jesus Christ came into my life and he says, and I was changed. And he said, I began to testify. I began to witness to the power of God. He said, I got in a coach. I got into a carriage. And this sophisticated lady was sitting next to me. And he said, I was so excited. I turned to her and I said, ma'am, unless you repent and born again, you're going to go to hell. He didn't know, you know, he didn't know how to just to, to soften it just, just a little bit. And she goes, I'm, she goes, I have a good mind just to whip you right here. Now, the Wesleys are little people. She may not have been real little. All right? I, don't, I don't know the size of her, but she looked at him. She goes, I have a good mind just to beat you. And he goes, well, you, 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 may, can, you may do that. That's okay, but I'm still going to tell you, you deserve to go to hell, and so do I, and Jesus Christ can set you free. She said, that is most intolerable to me. This is 1739. <laughs> this is not 2016. Can I, can I say this? Can I say this with a broken heart? Can I say this with all the passion of God within me? It's always been unpopular. It's always been hard to witness. It's always been difficult to tithe and to give your best to God. We're, we're humans, and, we, and we're frail, and, and even though we know God and the Holy Spirit is within us, we still get intimidated, and we get fearful. We get fearful of rejection. We get fearful of failure, and we don't, we don't, we don't share. We, we don't. But old Charles Wesley, he didn't know any better, so he's witnessing to this lady. She goes, I have a good mind just to whip you. And he goes, okay, but you're still going to hell. And I was going to hell, but Jesus set me free. She's like, get out of here. So what he did next is why I'm telling you a story. This is crazy, y'all. This is just crazy. You can't, you can't do this anymore. He went down to Newgate Prison. And he talked to the warden. He said, you got some guys who are about to be executed, correct? And the warden says, we do. He said, can I I come in? Can I spend the night with them? Can I hang out with them on the night of the eve of their execution? And maybe they'll just turn their hearts to God. Is that okay with you? And the warden was like, sir, you have lost your ever-loving mind. You going to get in there with hardened criminals in their very cell? He said, yes. He said, well, let me tell you something. I used to be in bondage to alcohol. I used to be in bondage to an angry, bitter, caustic spirit, and Jesus Christ has set me free. How can I not go in there and tell them that the same God set me free can set them free, and the next moment they're executed, they can go into the very presence of God? He says, well, come on in the prison then. He came in. He'd meet with them. He'd go into their rooms and their very cells. He'd spend the night with them these hardened criminals, and he would preach the gospel. He would share Jesus. Listen, listen, listen. The lady that was in the carriage would say, I'm not interested to get away from me. They didn't say that at all. They said, you mean there's hope? You mean God can forgive me and cleanse me of what I've done? And Charles Wesley said, yes, he can. Would you call upon his name right now and be saved? And he led many, many to faith in Christ. And so he comes up with this song. Oh, God, if I had a thousand tongues, I would sing of my great Redeemer's praise. 1780, John Wesley, his brother, put together a compilation of gospel hymns for the very first song he chose this one. He breaks power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean. You know why? Because his blood did it for me. I'm so grateful to God. Great Hills, let me tell you something. I'm so grateful to God that as a teenager, Jesus Christ I mean, he, he, he came out of the history books, and he came into my heart, and he set me free from sin and, 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 and worry about the, f- the future and heaven and hell. And Jesus Christ can do that for you. He did it for me. And this is what Paul's getting at. I don't know if y'all caught this. There is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom For everybody, rich, poor, happy, sad, born in the USA or born in Africa, wherever you may be, there is one great God. He gave His only Son who died on a cross, was put in a tomb, rose from the dead, and He sends His Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. What a God. What a Savior. Man. What a message. Great Hills, would you join me? Would you join me in telling people this? Well, Brother Danny, I'm I'm with you to a point. I'm going to let you do that. I'm going to let you get excited, and I'm just going to let you preach. Listen, did he do anything for you? Then testify. Speak. Hey, listen. Okay, I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to go. This week... When God gives you an opportunity, would you just speak his name? Speak. You can pray with somebody. You can encourage somebody. Dr. Murray, I hope it's okay to share what you shared with me earlier. John Murray in his class today was sharing the five crosses, how to share. And a lady prayed to receive Christ in the Sunday school class today. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. So we're going to come, and when we partake of the elements today, Let's just dedicate, consecrate ourselves to the Lord. And as we do, would you, would you ask him, Lord, would you help me with this? Break the power of canceled sin in my life. Set me free so that I could be a gospel witness for you. And, Father, as we come to the table now, we're, we're preparing our hearts, Lord. We, we have sung, we have heard the Word of God preached, we have prayed, we have given And, Lord, all of that is preparatory to coming and taking that piece of bread and taking that juice. And, Lord, ingesting it, taking it in us and saying to you, God, thank you, God. Lord, I pray for each person that is in this room. I pray for just a sacred, solemn time. I pray, Lord, it would be as if they were the only person in this room. Lord, for those that don't know you, I pray they would come to know you right now. They would say, Jesus Be Jesus to me, set my soul free, break the power of all the sin in my life, and I give you my life. Would you do that today? I ask you to do that. And as you do that, partake of the Lord's Supper with gratefulness, with appreciation, with adoration, with worship today. Or maybe you're like me today, and you are saved, and you do love the Lord And you just just want to thank Him. You just want to take this bread and this juice and you just want to give Him praise. You want to worship Him afresh and anew. And as you do that, and as I do this, let's ask God to give us boldness. Paul said this great gospel has come so that we could bear witness. We can bear testimony to it. And Father, we pray now as the deacons come and as they serve us, that Lord, we would just be just so in tune with You and, and so much in love with You that we would... Take this time and take it seriously. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.